What's up, everybody? Oh, dude. If you can't tell, we just woke up. I don't about, like, 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 I don't mind waking up early. It's kind of worth it. This one is worth but today, it. Today, yeah, I don't mind it. I'd rather sleep in, but today, it was worth, worth it. getting out of bed. It's worth it. So listen, before we get the podcast started, we want to let you know that if you missed out, you got one last chance to get the hookup on the B2 Grappling Tournament coupon code that we got. Nobody else has. So if you're looking to sign up for the B2 Grappling Tournament, use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio and you'll get 50% off your entry fee. So you got no excuses to not compete. Get it done. B2 Grappling. Use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio. And don't forget to check out all our awesome sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Choke Aloha, Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. and Giraffe Choke. Awesome sponsors of ours that have been supporting us since day one. So if you check out the description of the podcast, the video, everything, whatever, we got it. Get the homie hookup, and you can always get it at jujitsuradio.com. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Get the little notification bell. See down here? That's what you want to hit. Don't forget to follow Sean at Gorilla Boy BJJ. You can follow me at Sounder Marketing. And you can follow the podcast at Jiu-Jitsu Radio on Instagram. We got it all laid out for you. Thanks for everybody that's been joining us on the video game live stream. And listen, today, like we said, it's a very special day. We've been super stoked about doing this. Sean's still sleeping, if you can't tell. My eyes are actually open. They're just very squinty. You're, I've been downing this Dunkin' Donuts and all sorts of other junk food to try and wake up and get a sugar rush. But we're super stoked for it. We've been hinting at this podcast for, for two weeks now. Um, when I sent a message to this man to ask him to be on the podcast, I wasn't even expecting an answer. Um, and he responded right away. And I can't tell you how excited we are to get to speak to this man. When you're talking about legends of legends of MMA and grappling, you're talking about, I want to know, like, the most badass is a badass. This guy is at the very least in the top. Talk 10. about legit. Actually, he's so legit that he's too legit to quit. To quit. Literally, because he's been doing this forever and he's still young enough to whoop a lot of people's asses straight from Japan into Ninuel. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no need for an introduction. I think we all know this legend of mixed martial arts. Ensign anyway, sir, thank you very much for doing this. So I know we got a little bit of a delay, um, but it's actually a pretty good connection straight from Japan. So before we even get started into all the craziness, how's everything for you? How's the the whole pandemic and everything been for you? I mean, I could make I make I could make a lot of complaints about it, but you know, there's a lot of good things too. So, you know, like my can open my my bracelet shop in Hawaii. So, you know, I've had had to cancel already four trips. I mean, covering the rent is getting real difficult. You know that. You know, I want to go. I used to travel. I used to go to Pennsylvania, Canada, do seminars. I had to cancel all of that. So, I mean, as much as I can compare, I'll complain about that. You know, I've been able to stay home. I had time to spend with my dogs and my wife. And um, I actually, because I was home, I noticed my kois were spawning and I got like 120 kois now I'm raising. So it's like, actually went to a koi farm last week and went and got like a, I bought five, like a really good bloodline and 
I don't know, man. This koi thing is a uh, real soothing for me, and I'm I'm loving it, man. And if it wasn't for the pandemic, I would have never discovered this. So, uh, one more thing that's huge is uh, because I was home, I was able to, uh, you know, there was like sumo kid that wanted to fight, and then uh, if I was tra- traveling, there's no way I'd do it. Right. But when because I was home, I said, hey, you know what? I didn't plan to like have him come into my stable. That's him right there, the big guy. His name is Suyoshi. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't planning for him to like be a part of my stable, but I was going to train him. And then because I had so much time, he got, he got excited. He wanted, And now he doesn't want to go train near us, but with me. So now I'm starting a little a little stables. My stable's picking up again. And I'm, I'm open to take fighters to come and train now. So, I mean... You know, like I said, as much as there's shit about the pandemic, there's also good things. So we got to keep our eyes open this kind of times, man, and find the good sure. shit that happens. Well, it's, <laughs> it's funny because, like, during the whole pandemic and then, you know, you get stuck watching stuff. And I got into, a, like, a whole documentary about koi fish. And I had no clue that it was that deep where they're talking about, oh, well, if it's, like, all white with, like, a red dot, it's, like, super, like like genetic like rarity and this and the other i had no clue it was that deep Bro, same here man i've i've been looking it up looking up koi's man this it's an amazing fish man it's so crazy so you have 120 <laughs> yeah you know the thing is i only saved like a small part of the spawning right because the my whole pond which is about i'd say about the size of a sedan car my whole pond was covered in eggs Wow, and, it, and there's no way I could have moved the fish somewhere else. I know they eat the eggs, so I just took out three plants that were floating. They had eggs on them. Put them in another tank, and that's 120. Man, it was off three plants off the eggs. So you just starting your own koi farm now? Yeah, man. I wish if I was home, I'd, I'd go there and you know put the film on them because they're they're like all tame too. I stick my hand in there to come up to my hand. It's super cool, man. I mean, you guys probably talking to me and you guys can see the passion. Just yeah, yeah, no, it's, of course. It's, it's, listen, I told, I got sucked into it. I sat there and I watched like two or three, <laughs> like, and then I got into like the YouTube series. It's like, this is legit. Like, this is huge. And like seeing the farms, like tank after tank after tank. And then like the gold ones. Unreal. So, like to find the gold ones that are like $10,000 or something crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> so where do you, my question is, you have so much stuff going on. Where the hell do you get the time? Because even when I emailed you the other day, I was like, oh man, it's like four o'clock in the morning. So I'll get a response later. And then I get a response in like 10 minutes. Like, holy shit, I hope I didn't just wake up Benson anyway. <laughs> I'm no, dead no, already. No. I, I um, well, because of the pandemic, it cut out a lot of things that I actually can't do. So I actually have a lot of time. I'm a, I'm a type of guy that, that works on a little amount of sleep, man. I mean, people freak out on it, but I've been doing it for the last 15 years. So, I mean, does that mean I'm going to die early? I don't know. We'll see. But, I mean, as far as it, I feel fresh, I, I, I'm good. I, I'm not, like, tired or, like, sluggish in the day. And so I'm always up, man. People ask me, tell me tell me that, too, man. It's when do you sleep? It's like, I actually do sleep. Like, last night I got three hours, which nice. is pretty shitty. <laughs> the night before I had five, so it's pretty good. I it's it's like a it's like a blue moon if I can get like eight hours, man. I don't think I've ever had eight hours ever. Yeah, you're right, right. Eight hours is freaking long. I don't huh? think anybody can do that. I, I I was telling him before we came on. My dog, 
So I, I, I went to bed around midnight. My dog woke me up at five, took him out, tried to, it's like, it's like oh, okay, we'll go out, yeah. we'll go try to do stuff. And then I came back. I mean, but I'm like, here I am now. It's a couple hours later. I feel fine. I don't, I don't like, I don't get people who are like dragging through the day. And they're like, oh man, I only got seven hours. I'm like seven yeah. hours. <laughs> always, always said, you know, when I die, I'm going to have a lot of time to rest, man. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So you've had some, some issues lately with some, uh, some friends of ours, quote unquote friends, people we don't like the IBJJF. Hey, hey, wait, wait, hey. Wait, oh, Look, my, what happened now? I'm not you. That's you. Oh you yeah, got, yeah, no. I like the IBJJF. I've I've don't been rank, talking shit about the IBJJF. BS beefs. So so, give us the the rundown because I mean I think the ju the general jujitsu people know the like kind of what it is, but what happened? Okay, it's a it's a real funny thing because I was getting a lot of mails from people saying that we know you're legit and everything, but it's not about me at all. I'm not. I didn't do that for myself at all. I I mean. Whether I put five stripes on or I don't, I just have a regular black belt or, you know, you know, a couple of years ago, I tried to give myself a purple belt. I really don't care. The reason why I decided to try and get that was because for the last six years, my purebred gym has been winning the Asian Open as a team standings. And last year when I went in because of the rule change, I didn't know this. They had to fight under another team. You know, my, my, um, my instructor, my top instructor in Guam, Steve Roberto, He's a, he's a third. He's almost going to get his fourth suit, but he's a third degree. And apparently in the rules, if you're only a third degree, you can't be a head instructor of an official gym. It's weird. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. he had to, so he had to go under a fourth, find a fourth degree. And he, um, we're lucky because Jared uh, Weiner is a part of BJJ United. And it's a, it's a accumulated, a uh, big, like a family, a tech team family. But I, uh, he was a, he let um, Steve Roberto sign up under him, but because of that, the the standings were considered tag team, and it was kind of you know it's cool because they're like family, so we're representing them too. But it was sad to just see you know purebred you know winning all the team standings and all of a sudden just disappear. So Steve Roberto came up to me and asked me you know have you ever thought of registering? And then, you know I've never entered jujitsu. I've been a black belt since uh, 1999. But I never really thought of uh, entering a jiu-jitsu tournament. And, but for the team, okay, I'll do it. So I went down. That day, I went downstairs to talk to Nakai Yuki. Went to talk to um, another black belt, Uematsu. And I told them that I, to get the team standings, I need to um, register my degree. If I need to go to some referee clinic, I need to take a CPR, have to pay membership. That's cool. But just let them know that I want to... Um, Register so I can register my team as official team. Uh, I talked to them at the Asian Open and never, never got anything from them for, I'd say about, shit, about eight months. And then Uematsu finally calls me and says, Ensign, I'm really sorry. You know, they really don't take the Japan division seriously. So we're waiting for the mail. We're waiting for a response. No response. I said, hey, you know what, man? Because of Corona, next year they're not going to have an Asian Open, so don't worry. There's no rush. It's cool. I just want to get it before the Asian Open, so my team can represent their team. He calls me finally about a year and three months after I find I actually they actually first contact the IBJJF, and he, Uematsu's really bummed, saying, "Ensign, you know what? Me and Nakai know who you are. I mean, I taught Nakai Yuki Jiu-Jitsu. He's the highest black belt in Japan. I taught him Jiu-Jitsu, and he's telling me, Ensign, I'm super sorry, but." 
they said that because you've never been in the system, they can't, they can't acknowledge your black belt. So I said, whoa, okay, so what do I do? I mean, everybody knows I'm a black belt. And he goes, well, right now they can't acknowledge you. So it pretty much the Japan side just kind of told me, we can't acknowledge you, period. And I was like, whoa. So I voiced myself. I talked to one of my students, Barrett, Barrett Yoshida. And he actually sent a mail to the IBJJF. And he told they told him that because the NCC has never registered, he has to one first. I have the email, man. And it says uh, you got, he has to sign up for a membership, which is cool. Right. But after I do that, what happens is I, be, I go into the side of considered a provisional black belt. And I didn't really understand what that meant. But apparently when I looked it up, provisional black belt means that you're not accepted as a black belt. You're a, pro, you're a provisional black belt for two years, up to two years, and they'll decide. So I'm not really a black belt. I'm a provisional black belt for two years. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, well, that's kind of besides the point now because Steve Roberto will get his fourth degree in, four, uh, in a year or two. So for me to do this is I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for my team. If my team can get registered under one of my students, Steve Roberto, then I'm fine. I, I, I'm good. You right. know? So, you know, so that's actually how the movement went. And it was super awesome, man. John Lewis contacted me. He said, Ensign, you know what? Um, Andre Panaderas wants to send you a certificate, uh, a legitimate registered certificate of Novia Union that because you got your black belt in 1999, so you're a fifth degree. So that's probably on the way. And then I got a message from Henzo saying, hey, Enz, I'm going to call him tomorrow. We'll straighten this shit up. So I'm not sure what Henzo's going to do, but I'm just waiting and seeing because hopefully, I mean, I even messaged Henzo and said, you know, Henzo, it's not about me. I said, all I want is my team to be registered as a team, you know. Yeah. I mean, my team has been an official team for how long? I mean, all of a yeah. sudden, it can't, it can't be acknowledged as an actual gym. But it's kind Pure of weird. Gym. It's almost Pure like, like gym a... has been Pure gym has been open twelve years before the IBJJF even started. Yeah, I got my black belt three years before that fucking association even existed. So, who is supposed to legitimize who? Uh, that's I should I... legitimize them. That's yeah, right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like it's kind of crazy. It's like wait a minute, like you guys just got here. I've been doing this, and I need your approval to tell me I'm a black belt. And at the end of the day without any fucking surprise it takes a phone call or an email from henzo like i i got this i got this well we'll see yeah because you know you know the thing too man freaking henzo he's been like he's been nice to me and my brother since ever since man that guy's been straight up with us like the most helpful guy most respectful guy i respect him to death too and you know if it's gonna cause some friction with him and the ibjj i don't know if it's his family or his students that run it but I, you know, I, just the just the fact that he wants to help, man, I'm just blown away by that. You know, I mean, Henzo's an awesome guy and respect him so much. But you know, if it's going to cause him any friction or if it's going to cause problems, and they're going to say, "Oh, how come Ensign got this freaking waiver? What about us? What about us?" And that right. happened, that blows up, man. Then you know what? I I don't need it, man. Yeah. Ensign, the funny thing is, I I kind of have a similar situation. Oh, um, <laughs> he doesn't have the streets you, you do. You and a hundred others that I found out since this thing happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's well, I, I, I got my black belt uh, in 2014. 
I'm about to be my, I'm about to have my second degree. I, I have since opened up my own school. There is a process that you have to go through in order to register with the IBJJF to be, to get rankings in their, uh, in their system. Uh, there's three things that they require. It's a, you take the rules course with the referees. Yes. You, yes. You get a background check and you have a CPR certification. Yes. Yes. Um, but since I haven't done that because I just, you know, I have real life shit that I have to take care of that, that, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I do have the rules course. I did take the rules course this year, but, um, I'm not, I'm not registered. I have to compete under George Santiago. My team competes under George Santiago yeah. uh, under, under his team because he was nice enough to let me compete under him. Um, which was, which is awesome. But, it, but it's like, it is frustrating. You know, I've, I've, I've been competing for the IBJJF since 2008, you know, I, wow. I, you know, right, right from the beginning, I've been, I've been competing, you know, with them had, they've seen me go from blue to black. I don't know what else I need to do to, to establish legitimacy that I am who I say I am. But I think a lot of it is just about the money. Cause I think the background check is 450 bucks and like, you know, it's a yeah, scam. It's, it's a scam all the way for sure. So, 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 so for, for me to, when I'm a provisional for them, I got to pay 450 for them to go on the internet and put my name in and put wiki after it and get to the Wikipedia and find out who I really am that they Apparently. already know. I don't well, know. You, you know, you know, okay. Let's put it this way. Now let's not, let's not dish the IBBJF. You, you need to get certified. Um, I, Jason Herzog, you know, you heard of Jason yeah. Herzog, yeah, the yeah. referee. Yeah, he he posted something on one of my comments, and he kind of made me, you know, open my eyes to it. He said, you know, when the rule, you know, the rules are there to stop all these uh, fake uh, bullshit schools, and you know, I understand that. So I understand that IBJJF is doing background checks. Um, they're maybe collecting too much money, but still, regardless, they're doing background checks to keep the sport legitimate. I understand that hundred percent. But Jason Herzog said when your rules are affecting legitimate people in a bad way, you got to take sit back and take a look at your rules, man. Something's wrong with it when someone, I don't want to talk like I'm in Illinois, but you know, someone like me can't get legitified right away. I mean, there's something wrong with the rules. No, there, there's certain, there's certain people that, that should just be, it's, oh, okay. It's, it's, it's just a shoe. And it's like, it's literally, it's like, Hey guys, Ensign anyway wants to sit there and be a part of the organization. So his school can represent. Cause I mean, let's face it. I'd like for the longest time going to the, to like the, the Asian like open for, for the like IBJJF, there was a lot of just like black belts that were coming in and just like at the very beginning when the level wasn't as high as it is now, they were just going in there for the, for the points. So like now it's like it's legit competition like and what's what everybody was fighting for is to sit there and bring the game up and they got names like you going in there like why wouldn't they just jump on it right away like all right let's get them like that's I mean there's I can't think of anybody else that would be as big of an impact to to showcase jujitsu in Japan than you right now. Well you know okay put aside who I am put aside what I did in MMA. I literally brought jiu-jitsu to Japan, Brazilian jiu-jitsu to Japan. I literally brought jiu-jitsu to the island of Guam. And I was one of the first pioneers before BJ Penn in Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, 
if my name isn't enough, isn't that enough? I've done. Isn't isn't they about representing the sport of jiu-jitsu? I'm I'm one of the guys that really done a lot to, to that, for that, the sport. That's red. That's red belt stuff that you're just talking about right there. That's the that's the kind of stuff that that they award. You know, if you, that's the stuff that you do that you've done is the stuff that merits a red belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Once you get to that point, that because that's what they say, right? They're like, yeah. Well, red belts are for people who actually have made a mark on the sport. You have made a mark on the sport. You've brought it all over the world. And and, and that is something that should be recognized. And, and I guarantee you will someday. But, you know, it should be recognized by the company, by the, the, you know, the, I mean, it's arguably the biggest BJJ federation out there. They should recognize mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, c'est la vie, bro. <laughs> Life's yeah. a bitch. Keep you, going on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, even with, like, your lineage. Like, your lineage alone should be enough. It's like, okay, he's legit. Like, there's there's no question about, like, who you trained with, who you trained under, who gave you your belt. It's like, do you think there's it was no something? Is it, is it really them going for the rules? Or do you think that for whatever reason, there might be just something personal somewhere along the line? Possibly. I mean... You know, if it is, um, I, what can you do? You know. Yeah. I don't. I don't see how it could be personal. What? And we were talking about when we did our last episode. I, I said. I said our next guest is as real thing as the uh, the real reality representation of Kang from Kung Fu. That's 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 basically <laughs> who you are. So I'm, I don't see how anybody could have anything personal against you. And, and here's here's a question though, have you thought about competing yourself? No, I'm I'm training right now just for to lose weight and just to get my movements back. But you know I'm and, and that's one of those things that I'm not like want to compete. But if you know if Sakuraba asked me to do the quintet, if I feel like my level is good enough and I have the right time, the timing is right, I might jump into a tournament. But apparently right now I can't enter the IBJJF tournament. So listen. Fuck IBJJF. We got we got tons of other places you could get, get into, right? <laughs> Listen, we could get you into like ADCC if we really made a push. We get an ADCC super fight for you. I'd say we do that. Well, I think I got one in 1998 with Mark Sperry. Yeah. Yeah. He's down okay. here in Miami. He had like, listen, we can have a rematch. Oh, we can set he? it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Ooh, that'd got be a- awesome. I mean, uh, we could get you even, listen, I'll just make a phone call to to George. George is my professor. So you and George Santiago, as a fan, I would love to see that. <laughs> I was trying to hype him up. I was like, listen, what would get you back to do like a big like match? It's like, what about you and Sakuraba? He's like, yeah, that would do it. I'm like, I will start making phone calls right now. If I could get an Ensign anyway, George Santiago, like jujitsu match, man, man, I will bug my professor all day. <laughs> But at my level now, George would have to use only his legs. <laughs> <laughs> so would that would that what? be like your your I'm dream as, matchup? I'm, as, I'm I'm as real as I am, you know. I'm not at that. I'm, I don't think I'm at a good level right now. But hey, I, I'm learning. I learned. I just I was sitting watching one of my black belts. He's a second degree. He was teaching. I learned a lot of shit just watching him teach. You know. I'm, I mean, it's it's really exciting because you you know how jujitsu the the art just keeps moving. Yeah, I feel like I, I I'm learning again. You know, it's super cool, man. 
So what are they, they got you doing like beer and bolos and stuff now or what? No, yeah, like some of that kind of stuff, my body just won't allow that, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we're doing like, uh, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, I'm trying, what I'm trying to do is instead of trying to learn the new school, I'm trying to learn how I can apply the old school. Right. The you know, pressure. We, uh, we had a, at George had uh, uh, Batetti. What's Batetti's first name? Amari. What is it? Amari? Yeah. Amari, do you, do you know Amari Batetti? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. That's, so one of, he, that's in my time, man. Yeah, he he came and did a seminar over at George's, and we all went over there. My, I brought my school over there. And um, the stuff that he showed was, like, magic. The old school stuff is, like, is like magic compared to the new school, if that makes sense. It's, like, yeah, everything that he showed was so simple and so easy. I was, like, yeah. but at the same time, it, it it didn't seem possible if that makes it, it was just crazy i was like man we we need more of these old school guys out here because even what every once in a while carlson gracie jr will come around and he'll he teaches some of that same stuff it's like you look at the little things that 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 those little details that they do those invisible jujitsu details and it's like what you know you know what it is uh, the 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 old school was revolved all around the streets so the style that we learned was stuff that if it was a street, you were still safe. And I understand, okay, if I were to, if I were to spar jiu-jitsu with my black, one of my black belts now, I have three of them right now sparring. If I spar with him, one of them now, he'd probably outpoint me. But if we had striking, I'd knock him out. But I'm not going to go on that and say, no, I'm not going to learn the new school because I can knock you out if I, we had punching, you know. I understand that. Put that aside. It's a challenge for me to try and learn this, you know, try and negate this new school style, man. It is so amazing the shit they do now. It's like, it's really exciting for me because I'll be like doing shit like, okay, I got controllers and this guy will pop out from under me and freaking roll on the other side. Like, holy shit, what I got to do now? You know, it's, <laughs> it's exciting, man. It's a, I mean, it's a whole new thing for me. I'm not, I'm not here trying to say I'm still as good as, uh, you know, every, the best black belt. The best black belt will freaking thirst me. I went and, um, to San Diego and I, we, we work with the Navy SEALs. So I went there and um, Salu started messaging me saying, hey, some, he calls me Samurai. He's so cool. Hey, Samurai, we need to train. I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm busy with the SEALs. Okay. And then after I'm done with the SEALs, I go get a massage. I go... I go to the beach. I do, and he messaged me again. Hey, samurai, when are we gonna train? <laughs> and then I sit back thinking, man, holy shit, Salu's asking me to train. What an opportunity! So I go down there and I say, okay, let's train. He goes, man, it's it's a pleasure. You know how he talks? He's like, this. it's a pleasure, man. It's so nice. Thank you for coming down. I respect you. You're a samurai. And dude, we got on the mat. I felt like a white belt. That guy taught me so much. And it was all old school shit. The stuff I supposed to know. And it got me really excited because, man, you know, as you guys probably know as jiu-jitsu practitioners, there's never a day that you can say, I know everything. In jiu-jitsu, it's always learning, man. And, oh, my God, man. Salu, Jesus Christ, man. I, I really, I, I was like blown away, man. That guy really, is, I mean... So do you do you I, keep up with uh, with a lot of the new guys like Gordon Ryan and Gary Tonin? Like, do you watch a lot of their stuff? Yeah, yeah, I do, man. Even Gordon Ryan's unreal, huh? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I mean, like, he's a he's a friend of mine. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to get to go hang out with him every time he comes down here. And it's like, I, I tell people all the time, like, when he did the seminar down here and he was just showing people the heel hook, I have never felt like my leg was not mine. Like, it was not oh, mine. Shit, too huh? He grabbed me and he just had it. He just had it. He put his leg, had, like, he, he caught my heel and then he starts going. And I start tapping. I was like, okay, that's the limit. He's like, no, 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 that's not your limit. That's your limit. I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, that's my fucking knee. I'll tell you where my fucking limit is. But it's it's insane. It's insane. So I can't even imagine, like, me from my lower end, but from your end, and to still see that kind of, like, just respect and, like, vision of the game, is it's mind-blowing to me. It is. It's, it is mind-blowing, man. Unbelievable. So... If we could get your like dream matchup, like the one that would really get you to say, okay, for the next whatever eight weeks, I'm training just jujitsu. We're gonna do a, have like a super fight. Like I know you said Sakuraba, but there's like, is there a match that you'd say like that would be your dream like grappling matchup for like an event? I mean, right now, man, there's really nobody. The only, of course, I'd like to run it back again with Mario, man. Yeah, I'm sure and, he would love and, it. And 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 do a, a submission match, you know? Yeah, submission. I mean, because because he's I've, you know he's so much better. I I I admit he's so much better than me that if he just wanted to outpoint me and hold me down like he did at the the Abu Dhabi Championship, I mean I believe he can. But the chances I'm gonna have is when he's going for submissions where he's opening himself up. Right. So I would love to have like a submission match, you know, and. I mean, jiu-jitsu match, man, I, you know, I really think it'd be really disrespectful for me to say I want to fight Mara Sperry. I want to fight this guy. I want to in the jiu-jitsu match, man. I mean, I'm sure, listen, I, I'm, sure I'm, he would I'm love frank, it. man. I'm sure he would uh -huh. love it. And I mean, like, I, I'm sure he'd be all down for it. And he, um, we trained at the, the Black Zillions gym at Jocko when it was still around. Yeah, so that's yeah, where yeah, it came yeah. back. So, I mean, I would get, because I do a lot of photography and video for, for the, for the pros. So I'd get to sit there and watch Mario train with like Tiago Silva and take him wow. like, like not like it wasn't an easy match anywhere like near for like Tiago and Mario was still putting it on. And that was only like four years ago. Yeah. Still yeah putting it yeah. on there. So that's what I'm saying. Like, man, I, I would that. love to sit there and see like a match between like you and Mario. I'd like, listen, again, I'll just text him right now. We'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, well, no, look, I, I, we have the new, I got my guys, I got two guys doing the new breed tournament today. Mario's guys always do the new breed tournament. I'm sure I'll see him. I'll just I'll just say, hey, Zay Mario. We'll drop the seed. We'll drop the seed for you. <laughs> not that he's I'm, gonna not, go like, I'm not going to drop a challenge. Don't worry. I'm not going to say, hey. He's going to go like. Call it down. Isn't, <laughs> isn't he purple belt? <laughs> By the way, that is one of the most honorable and respectful things I've ever seen a practitioner do. Like I've seen guys, if you, it's funny. I've seen guys on the, have you, I don't know if you've seen on the internet, you've seen guys promote themselves. Have you ever seen one of those videos? I heard about those things, man. It, Crazy it, shit. It, it will make you want to punch a baby in the face. It makes you so angry. Um, I bet. But, but it's very rarely, have you ever heard of somebody saying, you know what? Let me take a step back. Cause this is where I am. That when I heard that, I was like, that dude is one of my favorite guys in this sport, regardless of whether he competes or not, because he cares about the actual sport and, and 
and keeping it, you know, keeping it real, like keeping it, you know, being respectful of the art itself. You know, you know what it was, yeah, I, I've been away from the sport for so long and I came back into it and, you know, I was sparring with my purple belt, so I couldn't pass their guard. They passed my guard and I'm sitting there like, I felt like uh, in a way I was disrespecting the sport by having a black belt on. So it was, you know, it was a, it was just an idea on my own, just a little journey on my on, for myself, you know. I mean, I just thought, no, nah, I'll just put on a purple belt. And when my black belt say, hey, and you're probably brown belt now. You're you, you're good. You learned a lot. You're brown belt. Put on the brown belt. You know, I was still gonna be certified in representing John Lewis under Andrew Penaderis. You know, that wasn't gonna change. I was just, you know, one of those things. You know, belt holds up your pants, so it's just the colors a little different for now. And it's my personal journey. Man, you know what? I didn't know that thing was going to make freaking world. I mean, Jesus Christ, that thing went nuts. Yeah. I mean, the huge forums. I got podcasts calling me for podcasts. I was, I was like, holy shit. That is cool, man. I'm still significant. <laughs> I don't think you ever like went insignificant. I don't think you ever stepped out of like anybody's limelight. I think it's like the impact that you've had in the sport, like, is just it's almost immeasurable. Cause I mean, I can even tell you from like when I first started jujitsu and I remember like, you know, you start doing the research and you learn more and more. And then I found the photo of you with the, the gi that you did for the pride fight with all the patches and stuff. I was like, to this day, that's still like my favorite game. Like, damn, I want that fucking gi. Like, what's the story behind like all those patches and all the stuff that, that you had on? Like, do you still have that gi? Um, the gi is in my purebred Guam gym and it's displayed there. But the reason was for all those patches was, um, I didn't become who I was and was in the spot where I was alone. The patches all represent the people that I felt helped me on my journey. That's, That's awesome. all that was. I was just putting up patches of people that, you know, rep I represent that I believe that was a part of who I am today. You know, that's all it was. I wasn't like making a cool gi or anything. I just thought, oh, the gi's huge. I can just, you know, put freaking, uh, you know, it's like pride. At the time, pride was huge, you know? So it's like, man, I, I get to, you know, these people are so stoked to see their company logo on the gi, you know, like, if I mean, if I can give them a little smile and they've done so much for me throughout the years, man, I was more than happy. And that's all it was, man. It wasn't, it was just putting on patches of guys that I thought, you know, helped me to become who I am today. That's it. That's awesome. And it's like, it's funny because now it's just like sponsor, 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 sponsor. Like, but for you, it's more like you're taking them with you into the cage, into the ring. Yeah. 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 Representing the people who's helped me who I am today. I made me who I am today. More importantly, would you ever want to fight, do another MMA fight in a gi or would you rather not have that much material on you if that was the case? No, I'm done. Um, as far as the MMA fight, I, you know, I... Well, no, I, I mean, like, the hypothetical. Like, because I know fight, MMA fighting in a gi cannot be fun. Would you, well, like... like <laughs> I, would, I would only be in a gi if I felt the gi would be something that my opponent couldn't use on me and what I could use. So, for example, I think using the top gi wouldn't probably be a good idea now because a lot of people know how to, you know, use that gi to keep you away or, or, or you know, 
pull you to pull you pull 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 you close. But when I used the gi, I was fighting this kickboxing guy that had no clue what the, you know, in Pride Seven, I think it was. He had no clue. And the other time I used the gi was with Igor Popochanchin because I felt that I was trying to, I was thinking that I was going to, you know, submit him with an armbar or triangle. And with the gi, I just thought that it would be more grippy and it wouldn't slip as much. But as far as the top gi, I didn't want him to hold me and be able to hold me at a punching distance. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. I just like, I, I hate doing, like, I'm a gi guy but I'd rather not do gi matches just because of how much heat those things generate. Yeah. Yeah. Big it is here. hot. Yeah. So as a fan, I have so many crazy questions that, that I've always wanted to ask you. So I know we're not going to be able to get into all those stories, but what I do want to know because of everything that's going on this year, I know you have your, um, the the shoes and stuff that you donate to the kids and all that stuff have you had a chance to be able to to do that yet to get them the shoes and everything or no fuck no man no yeah but i've already talked to the principal of this yeah yeah man and i already talked to the principal of the school i told them that fuck i don't you know this pandemic is just really hard man because um, all my seminars are canceled. My, sh my shop where I brought on a lot of revenue has been closed for since February. I've been saving pennies, pinching pennies right now, trying to save up because I am not going to disappoint those kids. Yeah. In December, I'm going to buy 88 shoes. I already have their sizes and colors that they want. I usually do it in a, in a um, periodically in the like four months at a time. And, and you know, since I, instead of buying like a whole bunch of shoes at one time, I would buy from January to April, May to, you know, July, you know, I would break it down. So it's kind of reasonable, fill the back of my car with the shoes. But, you know, this year, because of Corona, I can't go there because of the finances. I got to wait till I can accumulate enough money to do that. And um, my whole plan right now is I'm not, I'm not going to let them down. Yeah. In uh, December, I'm going to drive up to the North with 88 shoes in the back of my car. And I'm going to distribute them to the kids. So this, all the, that is going to happen. All the sales that you make for for Destiny Forever that goes straight for for that, or like how did like? Because I know you okay, do a so bunch of different stuff. This what we need to clear up is uh, Destiny Forever is not a, a nonprofit. Or I have a nonprofit organization called the Foundation.org. Yeah, so that's a nonprofit. But people like to mistake the Destiny Forever nonprofit. Destiny Forever is my personal business. Right. Okay. What what I use, what I do with the money when I make out of Destiny Forever, I might get a Thai massage. I might go buy a new fish pond. But majority of my money is used for the North. And it's just, it's not a, I don't have to, but that's what I choose to do. Yeah. So the, the bracelet sales from my Destiny Forever company, a big, huge portion of it helps me fund the, the, the kids in the North. Yeah. And, you know, the sales in Hawaii has been zero because I had to keep the shop closed. The um, the internet sales, um, you know, it, it, it was really fucked up in the beginning because when we got orders, we couldn't, the mail, the mail wasn't sending out orders. Yeah. The Japan post wouldn't send to America. And we're like, we're stuck. We're like, where are we going to do that? We got to send these orders out. So we looked at DHL. DHL was like $160 sent on one bracelet. So now what we're doing is we found the alternate route, but it's still like 60 bucks to send one, one little box. 
So what I'm doing now is when we're taking orders is we're sending a whole bunch to my parents in Hawaii and they're sending it out for us. So we found a loophole, but you know, of course it's going to take twice as long to get your bracelet, you know? So yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hard times right now. My shop has been closed since February. And if I don't get to open it up and make some revenue by the, you know, by early next year or even the end of the year, man, I really don't know if it's uh, smart to continue paying my rent yeah, to a closed yeah. shop, man. Have, have, now there, there's been programs. Have, were those have those been made available to you? I mean, I don't know who you have running the shop while you're there, but like you know, there's a bunch of government programs right now. Like my gym, we used we used some of that because um, we were closed for a couple months, and you know, we just our my, my gym is a, is a labor of love. It's really not a gym to make money. Um, uh-huh. Uh, it's me and it's we're kind of a collective i got one one partner that does fitness and the other one does muay thai and we're kind of like a co-op and uh we just you know we we are are basically our our bills are paid by the members and we teach for the love of it and um we you know we were close so we had to go to some of the the uh the the government uh programs that they put out since since the uh pandemic so we 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 kind of latched onto those one of them is a loan that they say they're going to forgive and like, you know, things like that. So that there are things out there. If you haven't looked into that. Yeah, I, I did actually. Um, there's a, there's a um, new pandemic assistance uh, loan, uh, not a loan, but a assistance that they give you. So um, I did sign up for it, but of course, you know, there's, there's thousands and thousands of uh, people signing up at one time. So as of right now, I mean, I've turned in all the paperwork and everything and it's, we're just still waiting. It's been like four months now and it, yeah. nothing from them. So yeah. you know, I'm so, not going to, I can't count on it, you know, because if it doesn't come, it's going to really fuck me up. So I can't count on it. So, so what would it's be just a little for, squeeze right now? What, what would be the most helpful thing for us to, to be able to do for you? Would it be like purchasing a bracelet or just go straight to the, to the incident anyway foundation and donating there? Cause I mean, I it's, I'm always big on doing whatever I can to help out. So like I've been fortunate enough for like the, the people that I work with and, and the organizations that I've worked with to, to help out everything from like surfers for autism to like special operations, wounded warrior type stuff. Like what's the best way and the most impactful way for people to help you on, on this journey? What are, I mean, there's two ways. Yeah. And I don't have a specific way that's better. I mean, I like, I would like you guys to get something for, that what you're doing you know like so if a good way is to go to my website destinyforever.com and get a bracelet that you can you know that you like that you could get something out for your money and then of course there's another way is the incident away foundation it's incident uh incident foundation.org and you can make a donation but you know i I hate fucking asking for donations. No, man, listen, you're not, you're not asking for a donation because this is something that, that him and I already spoke about. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I went to go look to, to get a bracelet. Uh, I want to say like a, a little bit over a year ago. And it was just like I was too broke at the time to do it. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, but it's something that I've wanted to do. And I'll be very honest with you. And I'm not saying this for any kind of like bullshit because we're on the podcast. Like it's it definitely inspired me to the point where even about a month ago, I was just driving home from the studio, I was driving home and I saw a homeless man walking across the street in socks, no shoes. I literally just grabbed the sandals off of my, like 
out of off of my feet, got out of the car at the red light and said, here, I'm like, what size shoe do you wear? He's like 12. I'm like, here you go. 13. And I just hand it out. I mean, like, I like it's that's awesome. Like it's the inspirations definitely like hit me, but it's something that I've always looked into too. I definitely grew up not, I've been fortunate to have the family that I have, but I didn't have the best, like growing up, you know, I lived in a motel for a year of my life where I had to go fishing every day for food. Like I had to share a, a pullout couch with my sister for a year at seven years old, you know? So I know the fact that, that some people need that little extra help and especially if you're talking about like the kids and stuff, man, something as simple as just giving them brand new shoes. So they're like everybody else that's like they're seeing at the playground. Like that's huge. That's huge for kids, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. and we have like a dude, I don't know if you know Hanato Tavares. Um I heard of him. Hanato. I don't know him personally. Yeah, yeah. He um he's got a thing that uh he collects geese and and they 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 are uh he sends them to uh like uh he has a, no 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 it's it's Honduras oh the Honduras one yeah there's there's a school in Honduras where they take kids out of gangs out of like MS MS13 take wow. these they take them out of out of gangs they give them a gi they teach them jujitsu they teach them English um and they get them going down the right path. They have a, they have, I, I met the, uh, the instructor there at the, at the Pan Ams and Hanato um, is a friend of mine. Great guy. One of the, the coolest guys you, you can know. But um, he uh, basically, he told me they had a guy that came to them when he was 10 years old and he was a hitman for MS 13 uh, he came to them Holy at 10, shit. they got him out, they taught him jujitsu, English, got him, edu you know, education, and now he's a, 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 like 22 or 23, and he's got like a normal life. This kid was a, a in the trenches. he was a hitman. So it's like, the thing is, is I think the jujitsu community, and I, we've seen it come together a bunch of times. We've seen it come together because I think one thing the jujitsu community has is we all have that level of humbleness because we were humbled in the beginning. So, and, and yeah. we, and we want to help those that are, you know, once you, you feel weak, you want to help those other people feel stronger. So I have no doubt in my mind that the entire jujitsu community would come together to help you. And I, I understand not wanting to ask for donations. I get that. But that's yeah. that's not I'll, I'll ask thing. for you. I'll ask for you. We'll ask. You know what? You know what? Maybe the best way go on to go on to my site if you see the power stone bracelet that you like. You know, even before you go on Google Power Stones. I mean, I I had to learn about this about ten years ago, but there's actually freaking properties on these stones. It's, yeah. it's amazing. No, I mean, but, and find something that matches what's happening in your lifetime. And they also say that the spirit of the maker goes into the bracelet. You know, so. My spirit will go into the bracelet. I I need and, all the help I can get at the next tournament, so I'll make sure to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out, and you, you know my my website also has my media section where it has all the the media that I do, and even the missions. It, it covers all the missions that I've done. Go go yeah. to that, and I've got some on video where you. I mean, you know, I, the only reason why I started videoing is because there's people who really, you know, purchase bracelet or made donations that I wish, you know. Everybody's, you know, when I first did this for the first five years, it was all out of my pocket. 
and everybody was trying to say like, oh, you're freaking unreal that you're you're getting nothing out of it. But what I what I couldn't explain to people was I was getting a lot out of it. I was getting more than money can even ever give me. I was just this, like you probably experienced it, giving that guy your shoes. I mean, the the seeing him walk away and, and the gratitude that he gives you, that happiness that you have in your heart is no money. Money can't buy that. And, you know, I just felt like, man, these people are, you know, even when I, they buy bracelets, they'll, they'll leave more money and said, put this to the mission. And then I feel like, okay, that's so fucking awesome. But I get all the gratitude. I get to see the smiles. I get to see the tears, you know. And I started videoing because I wanted these people that was a part of it to be a part of it as much as they could because they couldn't be there. So you go to my website and look at the, yeah. the mission section and you'll see a lot of that shit. And it's like, I mean, it's amazing, man. Well, even like the, the video that you had where you went up for like uh, when the the um, the tsunami and like the earthquake and stuff hit, like it's pretty powerful. And I heard the story like you told you uh, on the I was at the Granger podcast where you're talking about the lady that said, uh, you know, like the shoes that I have. It's because yeah, the ensign gave yeah. it to me like stuff like that. I mean, I, I think it's really when, when people donate it's because they see that passion in you. And it's like. <laughs> Tell good him, luck. Tell him, tell yeah, him tell good him. luck. So he was a sumo. No, no, no. He's. I want to after. I want to introduce you to him because. Yeah. I want him to be known throughout the world because this guy's gonna make some noise in the MMA heavyweight sec section, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, later on, later on. Though, yeah, 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 but that story, I, man. You know, frick, man. That those there's there's a whole bunch of experience that I've, I mean, thinking about pretty much chokes me up, man. I mean, oh shit, you know, it's yeah. You do do you do you realize I don't know if you guys realize it now, but you know, the there's there's two joys in life, yeah, the joy of receiving and the joy of giving. And it's it's really neat because as as a child, you're taught that the, the best happiness in the world is getting things. And and the way they do that is, you know, your birthday was supposed to be your day, right? So what happens on your day? People bring you presents, right? Because supposedly it's supposed to be the greatest joy. So it's your birthday, it's your special day. You're going to get presents and make you happy, you know. But through my life, man, I've realized that the true meaning of happiness is not receiving, but it's giving. Yeah. And man, when you, when you can, like, I, I, I'm super stoked that you got to experience that. But man, it's addictive, man. Once you experience something like that, too. I mean, like I said on the other podcast, man, the, the lady, freaking, I gave her her shoes. She grabbed it on her chest, started tearing up, and turned around and walked back to her cardboard boxes that she lived, and that's all she had. She was yeah. like 80-something years old, and that's all she had, and she was so grateful for a pair of shoes. Yeah. I mean, to see that smile and that, you know, that tears come down her face and her walking away, man. Damn, man. That, that satisfaction, that, that, that warmth I had in my heart, man, there's, there's nothing that that compares there's no gift that i can be given in the world that can compare to that man have you had anybody come up maybe that you helped out like a long time ago and this came out of nowhere and said hey you know my situation completely changed and it all happened because of that one little instant where you helped me no but we have i've had a um a orphan uh, not an orphan an old folks home i was contacted uh three years uh no it was uh two years after the tsunami hit that there was an old folks home that lost their, their place and they were moving from apartment to apartment and didn't have enough food or blankets and the winter was coming around. So I remember going there and these people were like, there were like eight people in one little room 
and they didn't have blankets. They were cold. They were like they were like 90, 80 years old, seven years old. So I went out and bought blankets. They didn't have, you know, they had food, but it was like real, like like tuna, ramen, you know, that kind of stuff. So I went to a local fishery. I put in a thousand dollar account for them. That they anything I told the uh, the organizer that if they ever want sashimi or fish, go to that. They have a thousand dollars in an account. Wow. I did that for two years, and the third year I got a call from them saying that the government has given us a lot of funds. We're good, and I'm like, fuck, awesome, done. Moved on to orphanages, moved on to the um, temporary housing. Five years later, I get a call from them, and they said, Ensign, we want you to come check out what we're doing now. Man, I went there, bro. They got like a freaking three-story um, old folks home. They got escalators. They got elevators. Half the people that I met have passed. But man, it's like they honor me. I go there and they they, they do a little show for me. I brought them um, Konishki once and he sang for them. And it's, I mean, they, they told me that when they're in the most dire times, is I'm one of the few people who've ever lent a hand to them. And they, they feel that, I'm a part of what they have now. And man, it's freaking so awesome to see. So every year I go up there and I go bring them some Hawaii chocolates and, you know, little stuff and go say hi to all of them. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't have anyone that yet that I've helped come up and tell me, but I did have that old folks home, get back on your feet and doing super good right now, man. I'm surprised that they haven't tried to throw you into politics yet. I think it's just the, the only thing that's keeping people from trying to throw you in politics is the Yakuza ties. <laughs> I'm like the last politician because I've never voted. I mean, as bad as it sounds, man, I haven't voted once in my life, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, as I'm just right, learning you're this year. I'm just learning this year that there's a Democratic Party and Republican, they hate each other. I, I, I thought it was one government, man. I couldn't believe that, whole oh, Democrats hate Republicans. Whoa. You know? it's like, oh, that's, that's new. That's, happened? that's new to me. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one guy. You're the one guy that didn't know that. Listen. I didn't. I, I heard about it, but wasn't ever aware of exactly how separated is and how much they freaking hate each other right it didn't used to be it didn't used to be like that that's that's just happened oh, oh okay it's all you know, over it's the all last games. decade and a half so listen oh, wow I, I wanted to ask you like again i i've been following you forever and i remember you thank had you. the situation that they found like the taser in your car Whatever fucking happened with that? I got, I trust me, I got tons of questions. I got tons of questions, but the taser they threw thing... it out, man. That was my, <laughs> that was my, my wife's taser. Yeah, the girls are allowed to have tasers in there. They just wanted, for some reason, to be pricks to me, man. They just wanted your name to to, to throw it out in the paper to to give you some shit. I don't know, man. So they actually went. It went to the courts, man. I had to go to the courts. I had to talk to the investigators. Everything. Yeah. And then that's where it ended. They didn't even bring it to, to it. It wasn't a trial. They went just, all the way to the investigator. I had to talk to the detectives. And when I told them the story, they were kind of like, okay. And as I'm walking to the elevator, the, you know, the, when, you, when you're talking to the detective, there's a lady typing all the shit that the conversation. Yeah. She comes out to me. I said, I said, this is ridiculous. What, what, what's going to happen? She goes, and she said, it's going to be thrown out. And I say, oh, really? She said, I've, I've been here for eight years. This one's going to be thrown out. I don't know how it got to this farm. Like, oh yeah, it did. It got thrown out. It's just a waste of fucking time. It's always a waste yeah, of time. Yeah, 
it's it's just stupid. I mean, I, I told even told the policeman, come on, please. You think I'm gonna stop and someone some yakuza is gonna come up there? I'm gonna wait. Let me fucking get my taser. I'm gonna fucking tase you guys. Come on, I, I'm not gonna use a taser. I'm not gonna give them a weapon to use on me. Yeah. They can't take my hands away, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like so. Do you ever like get into those situations where like someone starts fucking with you and they're like, oh wait. I'm sorry. I just realized who you were. Like any of the like Yakuza guys, because I mean, you you play such a like you are the something straight out of a movie in the role that you play as the mediator. Well, not recently, but yeah. I did have one about 20, 20 years ago, where I'm driving I'm driving down this uh, district in Tokyo, and they come. I notice a whole bunch of uh, Yakuza's walking down the street. So I'm thinking, oh, I have a lot of friends that are Yakuza. So I was kind of looking, oh, I wonder if I noticed any of my friends. I'm looking at them. I noticed they're starting to stare at me. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I shouldn't stare too much. So <laughs> driving down the street, I pass them. I glance in my mirror. I hear some screaming. I look in my river mirror. There's like four of them chasing my car. on Like a full sprint. And there's another eight kind of jogging over. So I'm, I'm in the car, I'm driving, and I'm thinking, okay, this doesn't look good, but I haven't done anything wrong. Should I get the fuck out of here? And I thought, no, I come drinking in this area. I'm not going to want to watch my back. So we just get, get it over right now. So I stopped my car. As soon as I stopped my car, those four guys caught up and started kicking in my bends, kicking the doors and pounding the hood and everything. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I get out. I get out of the car and they start, there's like, there's two guys that are really aggressive. And I remember that. And I remember I, where I stopped was a bunch of love hotels. Mm. So all I knew is that I can't have them come from the back. So I put my back against the love hotel. And there were like 13 guys, but four was really aggressive, two super aggressive. And I was thinking to myself, I don't, this is not no Kung Fu movie. I'm not going to take down 13 guys. So I'm thinking to myself, okay. I'm going to get fucked up. So by all means, unless this has to happen, let's not make it happen. So I'm standing there with my, my fists up on the, on, my, on the wall thinking, as soon as someone hits me really hard, I'm going to go, man. I'm going to try and kill as many guys as I can. These guys are little Yakuza guys. So I, could, yeah. I thought I could kill at least three or four of them before, you know, hurt them real bad before I go down. So I'm thinking, man, this is going to be fucked up, but I got I to gotta, I gotta go for it, man. So I just got to wait for the right time, wait for the right time. As soon as it's it started getting pretty crazy, an older guy from the back goes, oh, Ensign. It's Ensign Inouye. And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is this? So he comes up to me, and he's still acting like a real big honcho. He gives me his business card, which was his biggest mistake. <laughs> and then he asked me, everything okay? And I said, fuck that, everything okay? My fucking car is dented. And he goes, oh, okay. I said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in touch with you. So I jumped in my car, went home, called some of my friends, said, we got to fucking take care of this bullshit. So my friend was a high up in the Yamaguchi group, which is one of the big families. So we drive down to that district. His name is Mr. Shibata. And he comes, we call him into a meeting. He comes into a meeting. And they asked me what I want. I said, I remember four guys. I said, I want... Five minutes, each guy on the mats. And he said, we can't do that. And I said, man, I said, okay, all four at one time. 
And he was like, no, we can't do that. And he, it wasn't like, oh, sorry, we can't do it. It was kind of like, uh, we ain't doing that. So I looked at my friend. I said, well, then shit ain't going to be settled today. And he looked at me, you know, it pissed me off, man, because the guy who was my friend, he looked at me, he goes, Ensign, come on. We got to be reasonable. I looked at him. I said, you motherfucker, these guys that did my car try to fucking hurt me. And you're telling me to be reasonable. This is reasonable. So I looked at him. And I said, you know what? Fuck you. I said, all you fucking yakuza are stand alike. So I walked out of the car. And I, I was in the district that this guy was the protector for the shops like that. So I walked out of my car, grabbed my bat. And I and then was what was what really opened my eyes was there was a guy that was like a brother to me and he he was like he had daughter he has two daughters, he's a president of a big company, but he's uh kind of on both sides of the fence. He comes up and he runs, he was with me in the meeting, he comes running, went to what are you doing? I said, Fuck these guys. I said, I want to go to all these shops, I want to bash everything in the shop, and these guys gotta come out and protect the shop, and I'm gonna bash them when they come. And he looks at me and he fucking, this guy looks at me and his whole demeanor changed. And he goes, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, man, I was at that point where I had no girls. I had no girlfriend. I had no wife. I had no kids. And I was at the point where I'll die for this shit. Fuck these guys. Yeah. And this guy had him everything in his life to lose. And I'm sitting there, standing there. And it was like a revelation. Like, fuck, you know what? My actions are are going to go deeper than just myself. Mm -hmm. So right there, I stepped back and I said, you know what? Ikeda, I mean, his name was Ikeda. I said, Ikeda, we can't do it. I can't make you do this. What do you want to do? He said, let's go back and talk. And I said, okay. So we went back and talked. And what happened was I got reimbursed for everything. Um, they um, they fixed my car. And I bullshitted them. I told them that I, I actually dropped my money clip outside. And I had like... I think it was 800 bucks in my money clip and I dropped it on the ground and, but I found it. It was a, it was a um, 28 karat gold money clip. So I told, I told them I didn't find my I fucking dropped My money clip had $1,200 in it and the money clip was worth 12 of a thousand dollars. So they reimbursed me for all of that too. And I vowed, I vowed to myself. I, his name is Shibata. I vowed to myself that Mr. Shibata has not seen the last of me. And I vowed that I'm going to hurt that motherfucker. And I, I made a rule for myself. I'm a, I'm a very emotional person and a very passionate person. I made a rule for myself that if there's anyone you want to hurt bad, I mean, of course, the, the word I will use in this honest word is out. If you, there's someone you want to kill, five years, wait five years. And if you still want to kill the guy and it's still bothering you in five years, you have to do it to, to get go on. You know what? There were three guys that I put in that rule span. Three years, man, didn't matter. Yeah. Shibata don't matter, man. I mean, if I run into him, he asks me a favor, I'll tell him to go fuck himself. But I'm not going to go find him. I mean, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I have a book out that has a lot of the stories. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's all all real names there's no the, the family names are the real the the names shibata is actually the guy's name this it's all real names i got not i mean the truth is the truth man if you, i'm not gonna fucking make fake names to hide the truth the truth is the truth they got problems with that then that's their problem yeah. is it the live as a man die as a man become a man right yeah that's my motto man yeah oh, i had that i had that shirt on today not anymore 
So I, you, you're making another one, though. I know you're making another one. It's done. It's in the editing process right now. Man, are you planning on doing like an audiobook too? Are you gonna read the book? Because yes, be I want to do my. I want to do the audiobook in number one. I want to do it. You know, like Mike Tyson did, like the first chapter or the introduction, and then someone else read it. I want to do it all myself. Yeah, and you because you I think you can do feel it. the passion in my voice. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool too if you did it like the the David Goggins way, where like after the chapter, like he kind of goes in more into like description. I, he gets in. The I listened story. to David. That was a good. Yeah, that was a mm-hmm. good thing that me and my wife was talking about. That we should do that and to discuss it after. Because that'd be dope. Because I listen, you and Boss. When it comes to story, like Boss Rudin is just, it's, I could sit there like all day. And I know Boss has like kind of like a similar story where like he was in a hallway and he got like jumped by like 10 cops or something like that. He ended up in the gulag, like all sorts. Boss, of- Boss has some crazy shit, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. Every time I hang out with him, I was like, I always have my camera. So I'm like, Boss, another story. Give me a story. Let's go. <laughs> and it's just one after another, man. So like to hear well, your stories is crazy. Your- Keep your camera running when you with boss. You might actually get a live story. Oh no, I do, I do. I have like I have a bunch that I'm actually looking to release. So like and like there's a couple other ones that I have of like him just like talking shit. Like because he did karate combat. I don't know if you ever got to watch the karate combat thing that that he's doing. So they get the guys in like an actual pit. Like it's an it's the craziest thing, and it's just karate rules. It's like a little bit modified rules. Um, I think they can they can throw knees. They can't kick above the knee. All sorts of crazy stuff. But man, these guys get knocked out, and Boss is doing the commentary on it. So uh, wow. now, obviously, because of the the coronavirus, like they they haven't been doing them live. But anytime they do them live, man, I go straight in there, and I'll I'll get Boss. Like I'll just film him the whole time, and it's That's crazy. Awesome, man. It's crazy stuff. So. I know we're, we're running out of time. I, I know you got uh, a lot of stuff going on. Um, did you want to throw your guy here on the camera? Yeah, right there. Here, his name is Suyoshi. Suyoshi, how are you, sir? He's a heavyweight. <laughs> so he just fought in Rising, yeah? Yeah. Oh, really? His whole, okay, his, cool. his whole idea is to get to the UFC. Well, we can make and it happen. He's an ex-sumo guy, but man, this guy moves unbelievable. So he's, he's still a heavyweight, learning, but yeah, he's a heavyweight, man. Oh man! So what's you know a... how old he is? He looks he looks like he's eighteen. Yeah, he's twenty three, dude. <laughs> That's a baby. That's a baby. Yeah, so what's the what's so... the fight record right now? One and zero. Oh. Man, we we'll get you. Do you have a? Uh... You gotta shoot me in an email. Shoot me his like uh, his Instagram and all that okay, stuff. Okay, I'll so send you his Twitter, his Instagram, and everything. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Put it up there. Yeah, if he wants to do, if he wants to do like a shout out too, where like he says his name and say like listen Jujitsu Radio, you could do it right now. I'll edit it and I'll put it up there for sure. What does he say? What does he say? Just say if he wants to say it in Japanese, saying listen to or subscribe to Jujitsu Radio. Say his name. Say like I'm so and so. Listen to Jujitsu Radio. I'm Suyoshi. Listen to Jujitsu Radio. Yeah, yeah, have him just yell that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Suyoshi. Listen to Jiu-Jitsu Radio. <laughs> okay, let's try. Let's let's try it out. Let's try it out. Okay. Hi, this is Suyoshi. Hi, this is Suyoshi. Listen to Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Listen to Jiu-Jitsu Radio. You can say it in Japanese. Hey, that was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty oh, solid, good. man. Oh, Nihongo demo, yeah. あの、俺、調子です。技術レイドを聞いてください。はじめまして、強しです。え、技術、技術 
充実ラジオ聞いてください。もう一回<笑><笑>ありがとう、ありがとう。充実もう一回、もう一回。はじめまして、つよしです。えー、充実レジラジオぜひ聞いてください。Is Ikeda? He runs a purebred gym here in Japan. He's a president of the gym. Nice, man. And, so, then, and then Sarah with her rooster hairdo. I dig it. <laughs> so, you guys, you guys are going to do like your own、uh, live stream and stuff tonight and tomorrow, right? Tomorrow morning. At, yeah, tomorrow, Japan morning at nine o'clock. But it, yeah.、So、we, first time, actually. So. That's going to be awesome. No, we'll throw it out there. I'm going to try and get this podcast out there as soon as possible, but we'll throw it out there too.、Um, So, what are you guys going to cover? Is it just like an interview, like podcast style? It's questions, whatever questions you have, RBJJF about my career, my future. Talk to Sarah, talk to my coys, whatever, man. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll throw、Yakuza's, it up there. Yakuza's, whatever. If you love, man, listen, I, I love those stories. So, trust me, I like, I'm not joking. I had like a ton of questions to ask you. Like, I, I've been taking notes down for days. So, we'll probably have to do it again, but I'll tune in for sure. Um, anytime, man. Anytime you guys want me on, let me know, man. No, for sure. Listen, and we're going to push out the,、um, the foundation.、Uh, I'll definitely be putting in an order for the bracelet anyway, now that、uh, I'll use some Christmas money and get you out there. But、Thank、listen, you, anytime you need any kind of support, don't hesitate to shoot us a message, man. I'll throw it up there. I mean, I follow you anyway, so I'll share the stuff. But listen, we're you, 100%, whatever we can do to support, we're all for the cause. I mean, if I got to send out shoes myself, I'll ship them out there. Appreciate that, man. You guys are awesome. So,、uh, Ensign,、uh, make sure everybody follows Ensign,、uh, Ensign Anyway on Instagram, Twitter,、uh, Facebook. We're going to have all the, the,、uh, the social media listed in the description.、Um, sir, as a fan, I, I can't thank you enough. I got goosebumps. I'm not lying to you right now. Just the fact that, that we got a chance to talk to you.、Um, we appreciate Thanks, your、man. time. Thanks, man. Thanks. If you、right、have、on. any messages or anything, last words you want to send out to everybody, please go ahead. No, just, I just want to thank you guys for doing what you guys are doing for martial arts. Martial arts has made me who I am today. And、um, whoever promotes Jiu Jitsu or MMA, man, I'm super appreciative of what you guys are doing. Keep up the good work.、Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And listen, we'll, we'll write a couple of letters to the IBJJF too. We'll see what we can make it happen for you. <laughs> awesome, Shoot,、sir. man. Right on, bro. Thank you very much, sir. Have a good night and、uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Right on. Take care. Dude. All right, <laughs> that was so fun, dude. Dude, I'm not joking dude, that, you. I got goosebumps, like, I legitimately story, have goosebumps. The story was so rad. It's like, I, I'm telling you, I've, I've been a big fan of Ensign for, for years and years, like, probably since I first started watching MMA and like watching all his old fights. Like, dude, he pulled guard on Frank Shamrock, like, <laughs> in the fight. Like, who does that? So, it's, I, I I'm, I'm. Like, stumbled for words as to like how stoked I am that he took the time to talk to us. And I, dude, you know me, like, I, I got a ton of questions here that I wanted to go over, like, everything from like the Fightland video to like this other stuff that I seen him on video. Man, was that the one with the dogs? Like, he had the, like, 
it kind of followed him a little bit and then like that was a different one that's when he had uh, when he went for the earthquake yeah i I saw one it's funny i saw one a year i think a couple couple years ago and he and they went to his house and he had his dogs and yeah 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 yeah. and then there's another one where he has uh punk versus i think punk versus hip-hop where like they follow him around like listen man if you want just I know that we get like some white belts and stuff like that that follow us to people that are new to MMA and jujitsu. If you want to see what pride and MMA like, and just the, the soul is all about that's you're right there, dude. What? I just looked at the shirt I'm wearing. Yeah. I didn't want to be like, like the jujitsu shirt in Japanese. In no, it's not jujitsu. It's, it's the Santa, it's Santa Cruz. Oh, the the Santa Cruz and Kanji, yeah. I just grab, I just like, oh, I, I grab it. Listen, I feel like a total asshole. I'm wearing a Shiracha shirt. Yeah, but like, I like, I don't want to look like, hey, look, I know you're Japan. Look I, what I'm I, wearing. I promise you, he did not give a shit about your shirt. Yeah, well, I, yeah, <laughs> I promise. It doesn't seem like the kind of dude that that would, but like, yeah. you know, it's like it's just one of those revelations I came to. I'm looking, I'm looking, I go, oh man, and then it's two koi fish, yeah, as well. Yeah. No, like, dude, it, like go look, go look at his Instagram and stuff and the Koi. And, I, and I'm not joking. I, I really like when the whole pandemic and everything started and obviously we were binging stuff. I found like two or three documentaries that was just about like people like Koi fish, like farms and stuff like that. It's absolutely fucking bonkers, man. It's like how you would imagine people are with like uh, with dog breeds and stuff like dog shows and stuff. Like they take it to an all extreme with koi fish. And I'm not joking. They have the genetic lineage of like which one's more rare. And like they literally have one that is all white with a red dot. And the fact that it looks like a Japanese flag, that's how they're bred for it. Like it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. So, I mean, yeah, man, listen, I, I can't I can't tell you I'm I'm on I'm on level 10 right now. How stoked I am that, that we got to do it like it's. You know me, like I'm not much of like a fanboy, and there's like a couple of people that that like we we both enjoy speaking with, and I mean we know so many like old school like legends of of MMA and jujitsu. So it's man, listen, I can't I can't say enough. Like it's the first time I ever spoken to a guy. You guys see it. I mean, other than an email back and forth, uh, I and hey, what a man. genuine dude he is. He's a oh he's yeah genuine legit dude. And you know the balls you got to have to sit there and say, oh Yakuza names. Yeah, here you go. Like, dude, yeah, that's, that's I was like when he, when he got no, started but, uh, even page, in the book. I was like, no, Ooh. even in the book, he's yeah. got he's got stories for days, bro. He's got stories for days. And like even the the uh he did a podcast with Granger TV, which is a great podcast. It's like 2 hours long, 3 hours long. And uh he it's um he says like so many stories. I th- he shared one with us that he had on that one, but man, he's he's got tons and tons of stories man and he's like he he's about that life he's i it's almost like he walks this super fine line of what is socially acceptable in japan and he's like middle fingers on both sides like do well, he's something. not he's not japanese he's he's american he's he's hawaiian yeah but it's but not even that like it's like in in japan it's like everybody knows that like the yakuza is in, like in deep with everything top to bottom but it's frowned upon like that's not discussed so if they find out that you're part with yakuza 
Like they don't even like you're done. Like that, that business is shut down, done, but everybody's already in it. It's like a weird, like if you piss somebody off and they decided to throw your name in the paper, it's like, okay, done. I mean, I can even tell you with, um, cause I, I'm very big in like the Japanese culture. So like, obviously I watch anime. I of course watch you are six, four. Yeah. You know, I'm big. I'm a legend. I'm, I'm a legend in Japan. Yeah. But you, you're very, you are very big in I'm big in Japan, Japanese culture. Um, you know, so it's like I'll I'll watch the the old Silent Library, Gaki no Tsukai, and all these other TV shows and Documental. By the way, if you want to watch a hilarious show, watch Documental season one and two on uh, on Netflix. Not Netflix. I'm sorry, Amazon. Even if it's subtitled, dude, you will cry laughing. It's so good. It's they just. I wish they would do it here, but basically they throw. Uh, I want to say either six or eight. Um, comedians like japanese comedians into a room they give them six hours six or eight hours and the whole point is that they have to try and make each other laugh and if you laugh you're out so they get like super crazy into like doing crazy funky shit to try and make each other laugh and it gets it gets out there definitely not one for the kiddos what's it called documental it's with um oh geez i forget the guy's name i want to say endo not endo um Oh gosh, dude, just, just look it up. It's, it's fucking hilarious. And it's so good that like they, uh, Mexico, like tried to steal it and it's garbage. Yeah. It's garbage. Don't watch the Spanish one, watch the Japanese one and deal with the subtitles. Cause it's worth it. Um, and definitely go, if you guys have never heard of Gaki no Tsukai, uh, or silent library, go check it out. And if you want to hear, did I ever tell you about uh, the the one where the guy gets uh, locked into a room and he has to win his way out. Yes, the Denpa Shonen, which is like yes. impossible to find now. Denpa Shonen, Google that shit if you can find it. That's the one where he's there for like a year or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah, guy, yeah. yeah. So for for those who never heard that podcast where we talked about it, this guy gets picked at random. He gets put into a uh, a flat that he has no clue where he's at gets stripped naked and the whole point the only way he can get out he can leave anytime he wants but the only way he can get out is by winning uh i want to say it was a million yen in prizes that he wins from magazines and he ends up being there for 14 months something crazy like that like it's an absolute psychological dip into torture is what it is and it's all almost self-inflicted because he could have gotten out at any point in time but he wanted to win so bad that he just stayed there and it, it's pretty fucked up they actually it caused such a stir that the the japanese government um cracked down on what they called uh torture game shows but anyway yeah check it out um listen i'm 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 going to take the hit and I'm definitely going to go and buy one of the bracelets and, and try and help him out and get, um, and get uh, some shoes for the kids, especially if you can get it in time for Christmas uh, with everything that's going on. I think, uh, you know, I know we got to buy equipment. We've talked about it. I, I have to purchase equipment for the studio so we can provide better content, but um, I'm going to take the hit. I'm going to drop the money and get a, get a bracelet. Uh, I think it's, and if you guys want to jump in again, you got dancing in your way foundation, you can donate money to, um, I think that's a great way to do it too, but I, I'm a fan. So I definitely would want the, the bracelet too, just to, to sit there and show it's definitely a good uh, piece probably to start up, uh, 
conversation with people and uh and get more out there he's got uh belt ranks too did you see that no he's got a black belt purple belt white belt all that stuff in there too so but he's got a lot of cool ones i would you know what would be cool is the whole people ask what, what what's that on your wrist and you hold it up you go this oh, oh this. ensign made it for me no 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 this this is shoes shoes these are shoes, shoes. these are shoes for a kid in japan like for a kid in japan so or for yeah. a couple kids in japan hopefully yeah. So, and, and there's actually uh, a video of that too. It's pretty cool where he goes and he sees, so he goes and he, um, he asks them what size shoe the kids need, what color they want. And he actually goes and he gets the kids, the shoes that they actually want. It's not like he just goes by any kind of garbage ass shoes or like something from Payless. Like he goes and he buys them good shoes. So it's, um, it's cool. I, you know, I definitely think it Tom's is cool and all, how they do, you know, buy one, get one, but Tom's are, are garbage shoes. Uh, but if we can get kids some good sneakers, I'm all for it. Um, so you got the tournament, right? You got to head out. Getting ready to leave. All right. So, guys, don't forget to check out the podcast. Um, so uh, follow Sean. I'm, I'm all stumbled for words. Follow Sean, Gorilla Boy BJJ. Follow me at Saunder Marketing. I'm actually heading out right now to go take some photos over at Gilbert Burns' gym. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Instagram for uh, Jiu-Jitsu Radio and follow us. Uh, check out our sponsors, Choke Aloha, Draft Choke, Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. Uh, you'll get all the, the promo codes, like I said, down below. And um, we'll be good to go. So we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.